Welcome to Comic Exposure Pitch Club. The first rule of Pitch Club is you tell everyone about Pitch Club. Second rule of Pitch Club is you pick your character or characters, and then as the name suggests, you pitch your story idea. The third and final rule is if this is your first pitch, you pitch tonight. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and I am I am here today with my podcast troubadour, the one, the only. Gather round, children, and let me tell you a tale of woe and sadness of Travis Ratz. Travis Ratz Ooh. here. I didn't Travis Ratz in a sad place. It just it, it went just sad. Seemed, it just it went sad. I'm in a great mood, Josh. I'm on oh, summer break, baby. Hi, summer summer break is here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I get deep into some comic book with you, and but it, it, it deep into politics. <laughs> Uh, today is an episode where Travis and I are shirking our responsibilities of comic book club, and we are bringing you something altogether yeah. different. Wolverine schnicks his claws out. We shirk our responsibilities. We we are. We're shirk, shirk, shirk. shirk. <laughs> uh, if you could just draw, uh, that takes place in a giant panel behind me. Just the word. Uh, and I Travis smell and I, a shirt, shirt, shirt coming up. <laughs> uh, Travis and I decided we did this uh, when we read a Justice League book not too long ago. Travis and I had a fun little conversation where we pitched each other our Justice League story. We thought, let's see if we can try to if we can trap lightning in a bottle one more time and do another pitch club, a pitch off. Yeah. We're a couple of pitches. Yep. And we are going to. Is there any other jokes I can? Uh, make? Hopefully, this isn't the last time we do it because I did take some time creating an audio uh, soundbite for it, and I hate to only use it two times. <laughs> I. You know what? I think I think we could do a a. We'll see we how do, this goes. We'll see how this yeah, yeah, goes. Yeah. yeah. So, Travis and I uh, are going to present our pitch off, our pitch club. For the Avengers, right? Last it is. Week, it is marvelous. It is a marvelous. It's marvelous. Summer. Uh, we we kicked it off with a nice, uh, classic, deliciously classic Cree versus Skull War. You know tale. what? I'm going to remove the verses. I believe it's Cree slash Scroll War. Uh, so I, I'm sure you listen to that podcast. And so before we jump into our next marvelous book, we wanted to do a pitch club where. Uh, the rules of Pitch Club uh, are that we each pick five characters, five main characters. We pick our villain, and then we we pitch a story arc. This could be something that happens over several issues. It could be something that happens in one issue. It's tell your story. If you are handed the reins of the Avengers in this case, what Avengers would you pick? And what the hell would they be doing? I My team is five Rick Joneses. That's what my team is. Five, five different Rick Jones. And they just point at each other the entire time and go yeah, like, yeah. Rick Jones. That's Rick all they say. Jones. Rick yes. Jones clones. Rick Jones clones is actually the <laughs> subtitle. It's Avengers <laughs> and the Rick Jones clones debacle. Rick, Rick Jones clones. He's like Jamie yeah. Maddox, the multiple man. Yeah. Yeah. It's multiple man, but it's all Rick Jones. Have you, Have seen, you seen multiple man? One, the movies. <laughs> and two, no. 
I've have seen it. the film Multiplicity, oh, which yeah, I think it. is the same that's exact it. thing. I think that's what I was thinking of with uh, our boy, not Kevin Costner, but he's kind of like uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael uh, Keaton. Second, Jamie uh, Maddox, the multiple man in X Factor. Has, I know he died a long time ago in the 90s. Have we seen the mul- uh, multiple man uh, uh, come back in comics at all? Because I like that character. I like I'm his sure design. He, I'm sure he has. I'm yeah. sure at some point. Well, aren't all of them back alive now? Haven't we resurrected all of the X-Men? Hopefully. I want to see Strong Guy. Let's bring that. And I love his look. And they're just they're all just boning on an island, I think, is what's happening right now. And the X-Men, they're a cult of mutants doing it on a living island. I so, love X-Men Bone Island. <laughs> that's also when if you give me the reins of X-Men. Um, Travis. So here's here's what I here's what I want to do first. We're at, I, I say we change it up a little bit. I say you give me your team. I give you my team. You give me your pitch. I give you my pitch. We get a little back and forth. Okay. I like that. So what's your team, sir? Give me your... So here, preface it however you want. You do it. Give me your team. Right. Why did you choose them? Who are they? Well, can we take a, can we take it even a step back further? Yeah. No, no. Take two <laughs> steps back. Take two steps back. Take two steps yeah. back. Yeah. I'm going to do Charlie Brown. Two yeah, hops this time. Two hops this one, time. Two. <laughs> uh, all right. So when you're creating an Avengers team, I would like to talk to you about this. Is yeah. uh, For you, like, what is the essentialness of the Avengers? What do you got to have? Because we looked at a list of Avengers, and pretty much every Marvel character at one point has been an Avenger. Yes. So for me, it was... We talked about this before. It's about dumping out your toy box and who do you want to play with? Right. And who you want to play with depends on what kind of story you want to tell. Mm -hmm. If you want to tell a big, giant, epic, huge story, you got to have your Thors. You got to have your Visions. You got to have your heavy hitters. Mike Joneses. Rick Joneses. Your Rick Joneses. (laughs) If you... You got to chop and screw that with Rick Jones. Was that Mike Jones, right? Didn't Mike Jones chop and screw? I think, I think he's chopping and screwing with grills and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it depends on what you want to tell a galactic tale. You might need to bring in some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You just need to sprinkle a little Fantastic Nova. Four on there. Nova, a little Captain Marvel or Captain Marvel, Ooh, whatever you want yeah. to make that happen. And so really... I, it's the same thing we run into with the Justice League. Mm-hmm. The Justice League is essentially almost every single DC hero has been in the Justice League. Almost every single Marvel hero has been in the Avengers. And it ends up being like, well, what what toy box do I want to play with? Mm-hmm. I think we shared our teams with one another before this. Yep. And uh, I think both you and I decided we don't want to play with the big toys. We don't want to play the big toys. I think that's I think that's very common with us. I we I don't want the hip hipster punk rockers in us that well, was like you know what drink your coke I'm going yeah. to drink Royal Cola I want my RC Cola <laughs> or I want my Jasta that's what I want I want my do you remember Jasta mm-hmm. uh, oh what was the one Jolt give me Jolt, Jolt. Cola give me Splurge, a Surge baby Surge I Surge. think is what you mean. I am <laughs> in summer break mode. I'm Mike Jones. <laughs> uh, Mike Jones. Uh, so I so I think it comes down to for me we've recently uh, a slew of films have inundated pop culture with Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. So for me, I didn't want any of them because mm-hmm. that story's told, mm-hmm. right? 
what do I have that, that, that isn't, what did I want to do? Was it one of those things? So for me, that's why my characters weren't some of the big heavy hitters. Yeah. And then also the story I wanted to tell um, didn't involve needing an Iron Man or an un like it didn't need it's not big enough to involve the giant players right right so which which i think we've in our stories we pretty much kind of stopped thinking about like oh how do i get rid of the other how do i explain the non-presence of the the, i'm just like no it's fine it exists in our world now let me ask you this yes uh, ask away away. well i uh on what you said too it it when I think about trying to use the big characters, there's been so many stories told with them. I don't really have an original take on those characters. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, what has Iron Man, Iron Man's been an alcoholic. He's been in space. He's been a dissident. He's been, you know, all these things. Um, do you pick your, do you, when you go about this, do you find a couple of characters that you really want to use and then create your story? Or do you have like a story first or do you have a genre first and then try to match your team up with it? So for me this time it was characters first, mm-hmm. right? I think the last time we did this, I knew I wanted to tell, I had one character and I wanted to tell my one story with uh, Guy Gardner. Yeah. And so I needed his, I needed a crew of people with Guy Gardner. Yeah. And you had a head this, start on that one because it was an idea you'd kind of cooked up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this time I wanted to tell a story and um, I wanted it to, and I think I had like, I had really two characters and then, okay, well who works with those two characters Okay, let's add what would what spices that up as opposed to and we talked about this before. Like, if this is my story and I go like, but I love Iron Man and I throw Iron Man in there, it's a totally different story, yeah. right? Because Iron Man brings a whole. Because then you have to think of like, well, Iron Man would just do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he wouldn't even have to use his suit for this. He could use his money for this or whatever it is. You kind of Legoed it together, then like, oh, this piece, and then I have to. Have, that means I can use this piece, and then this piece, uh, right. right. Oh, so speaking, for you, speaking of Legos, my sister yeah. bought me a three thousand five hundred dollar, uh, not dollar, um, a Peace? Lego set of uh, uh, Grayskull Castle, Castle He Man. What? It is ridiculous. Is like, it real Legos or is it the fake Legos? It's real Grayskull? Lego Legos. It is intense, brother. It is intense. Anyways, sidetracked. Wow. Yeah. All right, so I, give me your team, man. I want to I want to hear this team because I actually kind of forgot what your team was. <laughs> okay, so here is my team. Let me get my notes out in front of me so I've got it all good to go. I have my story kind of fleshed a little bit. So here's my team. Essentially, here's what I went with. Uh, the two characters I wanted to play with, Spider-Man and uh, She-Hulk. Those are those are like okay. Those are fun. Both of them have been Avengers, but they're not key Avengers. They have their own sort of thing going on. And then I wanted to sprinkle in. Well, what would be fun with that? So I went with Hellcat because Hellcat was in the She-Hulk comic we read however long ago, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun. That's a nice little fun street level character. Uh, then I was like, okay, so I'm going street level. That's my plan. So I bring in. Luke Cage, baby. And who comes with Luke Cage? Iron Fist. Iron Fist comes with Luke Cage. It could have been Jessica Jones, but I didn't know. I like for her then 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, we could use her as a, as a, as an extra character. Right. Yeah. But I, I also feel like if I put Jessica Jones in there, then it's then you just put Rick Jones in there because the Jones, right. you got to have that. Right. You got to keep up with him too. And so, um, <laughs> So, so for me, I essentially, I was like, well, if I put Jessica Jones in there, then it is a defender story and Spider-Man is there. Right. So I, I, I am bordering on, this is just a defender story and I'm calling it the Avengers, Yeah, but I don't care. So yeah. those are, that's my cast of characters. What's your team? <clears throat> okay. Well, or actually I, tell me, what do you think of my team? Yeah, I do. I, I like it. I, uh, it does. It, it is almost like you're taking that uh kind of uh netflix marvel uh, approach where it's like let's remove the big powers let's focus on on the street level powers i mean we call it street level then, for a reason but then, you, but then i sprinkle on like a super tough green green gal in the she-hulk yeah and then spider-man like but spider-man yeah. is that street level hero still even though he can we're not swing around and, you, you don't know. have any you don't have any i mean I guess Spider-Man kind of is a flyer. You don't have any f- like flyers, right? We're literally staying right. below building level there. I'm, I'm, I don't know what happens. Right. I'm guessing it's taking place in like New York or some kind of city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to see if you're, if your story, how important the city aspect is the city, a character in your story, Josh. I will find out. Let's see your <laughs> team, man. What's your team? I, I'm, I'm ready for you to share this with the, so, with the audience. Uh, my team uh, I, I, I want, you know, I actually went, uh, I won't give the villain, uh, but I actually thought of the antagonist first, and then I kind of started building my team around that idea. Cause I, okay. I went villain, then I villain to genre, <coughs> genre to superhero team. Okay, um, I, li- I like. So, what made you do that? What made you pick your villain first? What made you decide I want to go villain first? Because I, I feel like the problem will negate what the solution is. You know, like uh, okay. who's who's like what's the problem? You know, if I if I gotta do you know yard work, what am I doing? Well, I gotta build this thing. Okay, so what are the tools I need to accomplish that? Okay, okay, that uh, makes that, sense. That type of thing. So I kind of work so the backwards. Superhe- superheroes are your tools to defeat this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This project, which is your villain. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Uh, and so uh, I went with that. So what I ended up with with the heroes when I when I when I put that equation into the the calculator, what I ended up with was uh, Ben Grimm. AKA the thing. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like then it. Then it, it's clobbering time. It's clobbering time, baby. Then we have Blade, the vampire hunter. I, I do like, there's something about Blade and Ben Grimm that work. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but the, like they both, they're both like hard New Yorkers, right? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider word uh then i have uh the scarlet witch okay and then i have howard the duck i they so i will tell you of like three that i'm like okay i see those three i mm-hmm. see blade scarlet witch ghost rider mm-hmm. that is a dark trifecta yeah. right but then you've got two outliers you've got the thing so i'm interested to see how the thing fits in when he's why isn't he with the fantastic four the thing is essential and that's that's i like that i don't know how i don't know how he's essential and then howard the duck 
is obscure, but if you think of his origins in these sort of like tales of suspense and like weird mm. tale stuff, he fits with the blade sort of yeah, and it's, Ghost Rider a little it's bit. Funny, I don't know if I subconsciously was thinking about this because we talked about we're gonna do a blade book for a marvelous summer, and we were talking about doing the Howard the Duck book, but until we realized that for some reason, like Howard the Duck is like gold bullion in the <laughs> the comic in book industry. Comic. <laughs> so we're like, uh maybe not Howard the Duck. <clears throat> so maybe I had those characters in my mind. But they're going to work really well with the equation of my story here. So, yeah, okay. um, I can't get too much into it without giving away the, okay. the plot of, of the story. So I think my curiosity goes to you've got Ben Grimm. And that makes me that takes me in one direction completely. Right. Like Ben and Howard the Duck take me into a possible outer space. Mm-hmm. But then you throw in the sort of magical trifecta mm-hmm. or like, you know, Justice League Dark of the Avengers. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In into the story, which is which is very similar to what you did with our Justice League. You went, you know, you it took is. a I did. I went, a dark I went like punk rock. Uh, I tend I think I tend to do that. I think it's the Garth Ennis in me. It might be. So my question for you <clears throat> is Although I will say this, this is a light romp. What's your genre? You just said light romp. I, if you were going to genreize this before you tell me your story, what's your genre? Um, because you said you went villain genre characters. Uh, uh, I'm going to say uh, spooky, spooky. <laughs> A light romp through. Spooky. I don't want to say horror. I'm going to say spooky, spooky. All right, I get that. I get it's that. one of our spooky books. I like it. I like it. As we're uh, as right. we're talking, I also just remember that I have to choose a creative team to write this. Oh, team. I totally so now I'm looking at that. I'm looking at my shelf. All right, about focused. We'll we'll help right. each other with that. We'll help each other out once okay. we hear our pitches. And okay. I think I went first last time. All right, so, so here's my pitch. Yeah, you ready? Mm-hmm. I decided to go with a very sort of street level political sort of tale, right? Okay. And like I said, I started with, well, I want to play with two outliers in the Avengers universe, Spider-Man and, uh, it, well, I guess Spider-Man's not totally, he, you know, he's a big piece of Civil War, but yeah. I don't think of it as an Avenger very often. No. And then She-Hulk. She-Hulk's bounced into the Fantastic Four. She's been here. She's been there. And so for me, um, here's what I've got going on. Kingpin is my villain. Mm-hmm. And what does Kingpin do but try to take over parts of New York in some nefar- in some What nefarious are we doing tonight, thing. Kingpin? The same right? thing we do every, we do every night. night. <laughs> Trying to take over New York. He's very much like Lex Luthor, he, but not as science-y, right? So you've, you've got Kingpin, and Kingpin has a scheme to try. He's working with the government, the, the government uh, to buy up pieces of the city through eminent domain. And he wants to use that. His company will be doing the work on those properties and he'll be able to uh, launder money through them. Right. So that's his very political. And it just happens that Peter Parker in Aunt May's neighborhood is on the list. Perfect. Right. Well, this is a younger Aunt May. This is an old Aunt May. This is probably uh, Melissa Tomei. Uh, Marissa, 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 Tomei, Aunt May. Yeah. Marissa, Tomei, Aunt May. Uh, she is our, she is our Aunt May and she is a, she is 
doing community organizing to rally against the eminent domain seizing and buying of their property. That place, right? that's canon. Right? It works. I think it works well. And mm-hmm. so she is or community organizing and uh, they need to fight off Kingpin. Well, uh, Kingpin decides that. And so I'm trying to figure out this. I want she Hulk to be the legal help, right? Cause she's a yeah. lawyer. I don't want to yeah. use, I don't want to use daredevil. I think that's too, too oh, on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Daredevil Kingpin too on the nose. Uh, I want to leave him out of it because I don't want him and Spider-Man to battle over like, who is Kingpin's true, right? Like, yeah, he's not, uh, he's not, he's not a real estate lawyer. Right. Right. Uh, so, so she Hulk is there and I'm thinking of, in my mind, I go, well, Kingpin is targeting Aunt May because Aunt May is running all of this stuff. So I, my plan is that he is going to frame her. He's going to get her frame. On, on the surface, I'm guessing everything is above board. Like as far as what he's doing, it looks like, right. like yeah, okay. Everything looks fine, right? So everything looks okay. Uh, but Aunt May and her neighbors don't want to lose their home. So they're trying to fight it the best they can. Well, Kingpin has Aunt May framed. I'm thinking he uses whatever they're doing and their community organizing to sort of blame them for something, some illegal activity, right? Mm. And so she has, she has to defend herself in court and ends up being She-Hulk is her lawyer. But at the same time, Kingpin is using his goons to rough up the neighborhood, to scare people into signing off, mm-hmm. right? Spider-Man. Any particular goons in mind at this point? I, they're not ninjas. I don't want ninjas because ninjas, again, <laughs> two on the nose. Ninjas is two on the nose. So it's some ruffians, if you will. Mm. But here's what happens. Kingpin thinks everything is just fine. So his his guys are out there doing that stuff. They're roughing stuff up. But then Spider, he finds out Spider-Man, this is Spider-Man's neighborhood. So Spider-Man steps it up. He brings his webs to a street fight. And Kingpin brings military. Uh, oh, let's see what I have. What I have. Um, he brings uh, strength and military grade strength and agility enhancing super drugs for his goons. Got it. So Peter enlists the help of Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Hellcat when the small time gangs turn out to be drug enhanced super freaks out for blood. Nice. So whatever they're using. They, they stop being just regular street villains because Spider-Man could clean that up. And whatever this drug is, mutates them, makes them bigger, makes them worse, makes them whatever. So there's a reason to have super strong Luke Cage and, you know, and uh, She-Hulk and Hellcat in the mix, right? So my thought process is this is happening in a bunch of different neighborhoods. And it just so happens that this eminent domain fight is also in the neighborhood where uh, in hell's kitchen where we're like in, you know, in hell's kitchen or in uh, where Luke Cage and iron fist are at. Right. So in their neighborhood as well, in Harlem, in Peter Parker's neighborhood, all of this is happening. So they join together to fight off his super freaks. Nice, 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 nice. nice. Yeah, it does. It, it, perfect. Cause you have that street level stuff. And there's, there's one right. thing that Luke Cage can't understand. It's someone it's, it's gentrification. Right. It's <laughs> one thing he's mad about. That's it right yeah. there. He saw it happen <laughs> to Brooklyn, uh, uh, Williamsburg, and he's not going <laughs> to, he's mad. So essentially what we get is we get courtroom drama. Yeah. We get street fights. We get political activism and mutant super freaks. So I like, 
hitting all my bases. You get some fun monster drawing. I wonder. So, so, okay, perfect. I love it. Let's bring in. I feel let's, if we can make the th- what if we make the thought is is it too x many if we if if Kingpin has taken the Morlocks out from the Morlock tunnels and used the Morlocks because I guess you don't really see the the X Men world bleed into the Avengers world that much. You see Fantastic Four, Spider Man bleed into the Avengers a lot, but you don't really see the X Men aside from like Wolverine and a couple others <clears throat> making appearance. I- you you could that could be it like he could enlist those or you know like they're stealing homeless people and turning them into super soldiers to fight whatever right what but i think for me i want i don't want them to be too mutant and too like too monstery because then it, it's too big right because king what kingpin needs because kingpin's the guy in the tower right kingpin doesn't right. get his hands very dirty and then you have the hooligans you need that middle ground guy the the, the like the head like a, a comic book villain to be in charge of the thug but the dirty work you could it. you could someone do, that, that spider-man can punch shocker it could okay. be shocker okay shocker would be a good one it could we could you could dip into daredevil a little more and go the owl right and say like the owl is working for kingpin yeah 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 part of me thought about bringing in the purple man and he's the one who gets aunt may to do something she shouldn't do yeah what's a real avengers villain to really solidify this in an avengers world uh i you know the problem with the avengers villains when you think about them they're like annihilus mm-hmm. and uh you know big. You, have, you have to have these big big guys what about uh right. baron von zemo uh, no, you, can do, kinda... you can do zemo but you'd have to like he's ground not a punchy him a guy bit. yeah he's not he's not a guy to punch you know you, need you to... could you could bring in uh ba- batrock it could be batrock that well batrock the leaper is like a french like he leaps that's what he does he's like <laughs> i like that yeah He's like super powered, right? Yeah, and yeah. so you bring you bring in Kingpin enlists like Batrock to sort of run his army of super soldiers. Now what's the tone what's the, what's the tone of it? Like when we're talking about courtroom, are we talking about yeah. like a courtroom like intense drama a la like uh to kill a mockingbird style like speeches, or is it kind of like a lighthearted romp? I would say it's probably somewhere in the very middle of those two things, right? Like I don't want it to be too courtroom heavy. But I want that to play a part of it, right? I think part of it has to be like, here is a group of, you know, community members fighting against something bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's going to play out in the court system where you've got Kingpin who's able to sort of manipulate the court system, right? Mm -hmm. But you need that intermediary. You need that She-Hulk. You need that person who you know, who can navigate the court system and be that champion in that room. Well, what I like about it is uh, the sense of this kind of going throughout your story is this, if super villains, if villains can't take control of a population via evil means like control or powers, then what's the best way to do that is to just eat, to take up the actual property of it. And once Just you control be, the work property, with the government, right? <laughs> you control the resources, you work with the government. So by go by making themselves more legit, they can actually do more harm. Right, right. Right. And that's kind of I think what like She-Hulk would be up against is fighting that battle of if you allow this to happen, if you allow people with these criminal records, with these nefarious uh, uh intentions 
to buy up the property of our city, then they control the resources in those neighborhoods and and which is what they were trying to do before, but with guns, right? So right, now yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of bringing stuff into the neighborhood, let's just or forcing the neighborhood into something, let's just own the neighborhood. Right, right. So that's, that don't, that don't swing with Spider Man. No, that's. <laughs> That's that's my tale. That that's the story I'm telling. Grounded. I, I can tell you've been doing a lot of union stuff lately, right? <laughs> Yours is a union organization story. <laughs> it is. It is a union organ. It's an organizing story. How many? So, how many? Uh, like how? Like what's the arc on this? Like what do you envision it to be? Like how long do you think uh, you need to tell this tale? I think you could tell this story in six issues. I don't think it would. I think it'd be a normal short arc. Six yeah. would be the max. Yeah. You can tell it in four to five, probably. Right. What do you got for me? All right. So we'll go back and talk about that one once I put mine out here. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Fade in. <laughs> I love that you write the whole. This one like, I did not edit. So we'll see, what, we'll I like see what I did. Ben Grimm, the thing. Hardly needed a Halloween costume, but his nephew, Franklin Richards, insisted that it was necessary for trick-or-treating. Johnny Storm had recently shown Franklin the film Ghostbusters, and so the reluctant thing begrudgingly agreed to let Franklin spray paint him green to go as Slimer as the young Richards pranced around the streets of Yancey Avenue with his Froton pack. One more house, kid, then we're heading back. I got a, de- uh, <clears throat> I got a deck of cards and a table full of chumps waiting to hand me their money. The thing states... Please tell me that the entire time people keep calling him the Hulk. Yes, Please yes, tell me. yes. Spray <laughs> <laughs> paint his bricks. Um, as if Ben wasn't busy enough juggling his hero role between the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, he has been assigned the task of babysitting the young Richards as the rest of the FF were off-world with most of the Avengers. Back at the Avengers mansion, the Thing arrives to see his poker buddies, Howard the Duck and Blade the Vampire Hunter, playing a few warm-up hands of blackjack. Ben hated playing with these two. If the Thing wore a shirt, he'd be losing it. It's hard to focus on his cards with Howard jabbering, and you try reading a p- the poker face of Blade. <clears throat> the Scarlet Witch wanders into the room where Howard the Duck is eager to teach her how to play poker and maybe score himself a date. Before Grimm can put a card clobbering on these mooks, he has he has to get the sugar-saturated Franklin to bed. He grumbles as he takes the restless Richards back upstairs in the Avengers mansion. The quicker he gets Franklin asleep, the quicker he can get back to his cards. Scanning the nursery room for anything that can placate the child enough for him to grab some R&R, the thing stumbles onto a bookshelf and pulls down an old leather-bound book. Intricately sketched into the cover in gold embossing is a title he can't make out, but with Franklin's insistence that his uncle read him something scary for Halloween, Ben begrudgingly begins to read. At first, Franklin is pacified by his uncle's reading. But as he continues, a strange aura appears in the room. Franklin's eyes begin to roll in his head, and as he levitates off the bed, sending a large energy blast throughout the Avengers' mansion. Shaking himself, the Thing awakens to find himself staring into the faces of Manphibian, Manwolf, Dracula, and the Living Mummy as all hell breaks loose. It turns out the arch villain Mephisto, Mephisto, 
Mephisto? Uh, Mephisto, thank you. I have a typo here. Planted the dark book of hell in Franklin's room to force Franklin's reality-changing powers to bring to life Marvel's most terrifying monsters in hopes of gaining control over Franklin's powerful soul. Ghost Rider joins the temporary Avengers squad to contain the monsters to Avengers Mansion while at the same time unraveling and thwarting Mephisto's uh, evil plot. So what you've done is you... You've done the Monster Squad. <laughs> um, I need I, I need one I'm, oversized Halloween issue. I want you to know that I knew who your villain was automatically. I was like, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not going to go vampire because he's not going to go. He's not going to say that it's Mo- Morbius or like the main villain is not going to be Dracula. So it's got to be Mephisto. And then I love that it's still Dracula. <laughs> and I love that Dracula is a Marvel character. Yep. Um, I, I that... went through and I, I found it because I was I was like, what are some Marvel monsters? And ironically, Godzilla is also a Marvel monster as well. I was like, oh, Josh should do a Godzilla story. <laughs> um, but um, so in Marvel, there's an equivalent to every classic movie monster, like where it be, yeah. whether it be Manphibian or Manwolf or the Living Mummy. And so I was like, why don't we just have like a Halloween adventure where these monsters are loose just in Avengers Mansion? And you have this odd assortment of Avengers so who have to get together and take care, care of them. It's Monster Squad, Home Alone. And a little <laughs> bit of Princess Bride. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, love it's it. Monster Squad, Home Alone uh, with Ben Grimm and Howard the Duck and Blade the Vampire Hunter, Scarlet Witch and... Um, of course, um, uh, you have Ghost Rider in there. I love, I love that because you're in a house. So what can Ghost Rider do with a motorcycle in a house? That's a good point. Uh, there's gotta be a roof to this thing, right? He could do some ollies on or something like that. But uh, or, I the idea at, one of... point, at one point he rides it down a giant staircase, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. If he doesn't, if he doesn't tear down a stair, a giant mansion esque staircase. Yeah. Something's well, wrong. I got the idea when I was thinking about, oh, it would be cool to have these do story with these like classic monsters in it. And then I was like, well, how do I get the monsters in here? And I'm like, well, Franklin Richards can do anything like his his power is to shape reality. Right. Yeah. So what if there's this kind of cursed book that puts him in this trance that that, allow, you know, that makes him bring back all these monsters? So I thought that device was pretty clever as far as Franklin yeah. Richards. And I like the dynamic of. Ben having to like keep the kids safe that he's babysitting and like it's, it's ruining his poker night and it's Halloween. Uh, and there's not, there's not, the stakes aren't that big, you know? I no, mean, it, it, I also like that Ben Grimm's poker buddies are Blade and Howard the Duck. <laughs> and that's a normal thing. Like they play together all the time, right? Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like it's just we're playing together tonight, but those are his normal poker pals makes me laugh very I, much i could see howard the duck being his poker pal for sure yeah 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 uh that's that's quality and if there aren't several hulk jokes about ben Grimm being painted green i just like the idea that throughout the whole episode the whole issue he's just like got like orange a little bit of orange showing through the badly spray paint like how do you get the spray paint off it's like when you dye your hair for halloween then you're like oh for like a week later you're walking around yeah. and your your hair yeah. is kind of uh pink still or whatever 
I do like that this time you went with a little more funny, funny for your, I feel like we switched roles a little bit. Like you kept spooky. You can like, but you, you turned it into a, like a funny story. And yeah. I was like, I did, I did funny last time. I'm going to try to do something, an activist tale, if you will. Yeah. And I went a little bit more serious, darker kind of grittier yeah. last time. So I wanted to go a little bit more earnest, scared, stupid this time. Um, Again, uh mother's miyak i think is, is <laughs> that's that's the cure for for everything if i remember that movie still holds up movie still holds up it's quality quality <laughs> yeah um sorry. so here's so um you you decided to go that route with it um what made you decide i mean your your reasoning for did, did you decide did you really look at a giant list of marvel like villains or did you go monsters mo- right? marvel monsters okay so you was, you had that you had spooky book in mind i did i i don't know why i went marvel monster i can't remember what was the thing for marvel monsters um and i like i said i don't think i ever had intended to use um any of the big characters in here because in order to use captain america it kind of brings in like a government I think of like government conspiracy or shield for Thor. I think of something outer spacey for Iron Man, something tech. And I was like, uh, I, I don't really have any, I don't know where I'd go with those stories with like, especially right. since we have to pitch something very quickly, like a high concept idea. And a lot of those stories that are good in those veins I just mentioned are very simple stories, but they have these really small, detailed, intricate things that make it cool we're just pitching like a premise and so when you're pitching a premise uh, it's tough to not pitch a premise that doesn't already sound like it's been done before in a marvel comic right and i think that i think that that's what we butt up against because you go like i thought like well i could throw hawkeye in there i was trying to like when i was trying to think of other characters to use that were maybe more normal avengers i was like oh i could do hawkeye Hawkeye might work. I was going to use Hawkeye two for mine to get that 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 balance. Um, yeah, because you got yeah, it's it's more more than balancing out powers. You need balancing out of personalities, right? Right, right. Uh, um, and so, like, if you got Spider Man, you need like someone in there who's going to be like not okay with his joking all the time. Well, know? I think for me, it was <clears throat> Spider Man and Iron Fist would would form a fast sort of goofy friendship right and that and that would test luke cage's patience even more right because i imagine like his patience with iron fist is limited and then when you add when you give iron fist a teenager to hang out with right he becomes even more childlike and And, so and also she hulk who's like she's a grown woman right and she's, she's doing her job like this is her job and then like i don't have time to crack jokes like you were Spidey, you were supposed to go break into this office and get me the blueprints for this neighborhood that he was trying. And, and you can't, you know, like, and now you're joking around, you know? Right. Right. Um, right. And Hellcat's just there that, so that she could like, I, my idea is like, okay, so, so Patsy works with, she's like the private investigator who works with um, She-Hulk, right? Like she does that kind of work. She's the ground person for She-Hulk's business, right? She does. There could be an interesting love triangle between Iron Fist, Spider-Man, and Hellcat. Maybe. Where they're vying for their affection, uh, her affection. And the funniest thing is that I think what you could do is you could go, Hellcat has no interest in either of them because, one, 
is a 16 year old boy and the other one and the oh, other doing, one doing teenage spider-man yeah, yeah yeah. oh it's teenage spider-man for sure right yeah, yeah, yeah. And i think that's the only that's why he goes like the only lawyer i know i have to like he knows who she hulk is and so like the only i i don't know it's the only lawyer i know right and that's <laughs> that's who you call and she is she ends up like peter like i'm i've got i'm doing all of this but but come on it's the you know like i feel like he would guilt trip her into into helping him um because they've they've worked together on a mission before right right and that's, right and the only lawyer he knows is the injury lawyer who's on the tv every day and he right. calls yeah, that yeah. one and like that one doesn't work like he calls <laughs> learner and row and they're like kid we don't do that kind of stuff and so he ends up he's like the only other lawyer I know is She-Hulk. Yeah, right? I think I think he should try to do some stuff with the with the really low budget lawyer first. Like you right. get like a, like a little bit of an issue where like they're trying to solve it with that, and it's just so mundane. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk creative teams on these bad boys. Yeah. Then I I think I know who I want to write mine. Uh, who do you, who I, do you I think I think uh, uh, Joss Whedon. Okay, uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, you know he's he's written comics before, the Buffy comics. He wrote X, yeah. X Men, so he's familiar with the Marvel universe. He has that tone between like monster. He's he's good at doing monsters, like Monster of the Week stuff. Um, and also there's this kind of family vibe that runs yeah. through a lot of his stories. Uh, and yeah. he's he's funny. He's funny in that kind of like upfront, very you know, here's a heavy-handed yeah. joke kind of. Uh, a thing yeah that, i think that would i think that's a good one um i'm trying to i give me one second i know that it's right here it's gotta be it's staring me in the face i know it's on this shelf the the author i'm looking for but then for it's yours, not even who did that sh- who did that's that the one i'm looking for is who wrote She-Hulk? it was uh that's what i'm looking for right now but i cannot it's like i know the book is here but now i can't see it uh maybe i gave the book to somebody um Oh, I must have. Right, She-Hulk. Can I find Shit. My... Here, while you're talking about that, I'll look at my shelf so, so I can find my She-Hulk. So, so for me, I I think art-wise, I like... Uh, I, so I would say there's a couple folks who, who I think were great on... Um, and so Jose Polito is really good. Um, Polito, he did a couple issues of that, uh, of that She Hulk book, or not Jose Polito. No, why, why can't I think of the name right now? Jose Polito is a different artist. Um, but that's who I want my artist to be. Is uh, man, I forgot that we had to do this part. Yeah, I know. Let's see, I think I found maybe who maybe you can maybe you can edit all this garbage out of the. She-Hulk writer would be... Ooh, uh, God, I was just looking at these covers. How amazing were the covers on that run, that She-Hulk run? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's not that, but it's Polito Charles, is the last Charles thing. Soul is yeah, Charles Soul. Yeah, Charles Soul. That's, who, that's who it is. I, I think I want them to come back. It was it was Charles Soul and... Uh, Kevin Watt was, Javier, the cover, was the Javier Polito. Okay. Yeah. So Javier Polito did the interior. So Charles Soul and Javier Polito did that... Did a really fun run on She-Hulk... It was that courtroom drama. And so two of those characters, Hellcat and She-Hulk, I think this like this could for me, those two were really good to kind of weave in here. Cause Charles Soul was a lawyer. 
right? Oh, you need that then for sure. Right. So he was a lawyer. And so I like the idea of him being on this one. Um, and I think he, he did good humor in that book. Um, and then I, I thought, uh, Polito's art was, was really fun in that book. So that would be, those would be my two, um, Javier Polito and Charles soul, bring them back on this run for uh I think this good, avengers tale that's good that's i mean they they experience working with each other and that lawyer thing is going to be so important because you want it to be authentic you want like to all like the real estate law, law stuff you you, you need it to be like authentic so when people are reading it they're like oh is this, can this really happen can people really do this right right so uh, that, that's that's my team i pull that creative team over and have them do i'd pull them back together again get the band back together have them bring two of their characters and hang out with like turn it into an Avengers story uh with Spider-Man and uh Luke Cage and um our man uh uh Iron Fist. Yeah. So I think I, I think that's my team. I don't know who who should I get to draw if uh So you want someone who could have some fun with the monsters, a, a right? Bit, yeah, a little bit more leaning towards cartoony than real, certainly. Because of uh, the tone of it. Uh, say, oh man, he did. He actually did a Howard the Duck book. Um, yeah, I was he did that. Like the like the, the the guy who does Squirrel Girl there a couple of years ago. God. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did Howard the Duck with. Um, oh man, what's his name? The. Um, Why can't I think of his name? Uh, okay, see. here it is. I think I've got it right here. Maybe, possibly. No. Oh, I think it. I'm going to go with who did uh, Squirrel Girl. I'm pulling that up right. We are, I'm, we're doing horrible remembering our I know. This, I, today. I'm, I'm hoping that you just edit the crap out of this, uh, but you won't. <laughs> um, oh, it's. I want to say it's... Um, Oh man, I had a student with the same last name, and now I, for the life of me, I can't remember it. I'm like drawing a giant blank. It was Zadarsky did the writing on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I'll leave my uh, 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 artist blank for now, uh, and think that out. But yeah, it's got to be someone kind uh, of cartoon. Quinones. Uh, um, what's Joe? Joe Quinones. Oh, he did the the Howard the Duck one. Yeah, he had the Howard the Duck book with Zdarsky. And Perfect. so he's got a very cartoony style. I think it would, I think, I think that that would be a good, he'd, he'd draw some good monsters. I right? think if you're going to have Howard the Duck in a book with other comic book characters, the comic book characters need to adapt more to Howard the Duck's cartoonish style than Howard the Duck adapting to the other style. So it's yeah, good like, to have someone who, who, who draws Howard the Duck being one of your the the main aesthetic pull of the book. Right, 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 right. I think I think that would be a, that'd be a good way to do it. I think I I like uh, Joss Whedon for his sort of background with Buffy, right? Uh and then pull in I think that's a I think that's a good pull, dude. Yeah. I think I think you got it. I think you got yeah. it. So, here's I'm going to throw you a curveball. Make it into a movie. Who stars? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a struggle to remember names again? <laughs> yeah. That's, 
That's what you do. That'll do it. Uh, Michael B. Michael B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do. I like. I like your pitch. I think your pitch is good. Yeah, these are tough, man. This was tougher than this was tougher. It took me. It took longer to do this. Th- these are these are gonna be once in a blue moon, but they're fun. They're fun to do. I like hearing. It's fun making up the pitch, but it's also fun like like just. Cold, coming in cold turkey and then hearing someone else's pitch right that's the that's the joy of it i like um i'm for me when we when we think of this idea of of pitching these characters what do you think i think we touched on this at the beginning but what are you trying to do differently than because you and i we're not comic yeah, yeah, book, yeah. Right? We, we read a lot of comics yeah. so what drives you to pick the story that you want to do? Yeah. Is it really something you want to see in a comic book or is it like something, are you trying to be outside of what you normally see or how are you coming to this? That's a good question. Well, one of the things that I've taken away from this and I kind of always, uh, it always made sense when I saw Marvel doing it for the MCU, but you know, we saw after the first couple of MCU movies, we saw them giving, the properties to creative teams that were looking at them as genre films, like a, a right. Ant-Man's a heist film, you know, uh, right. uh, is an espionage, uh, civil, you know, all these things. So there's, um, sci-fi uh, guardians of the galaxy. You get the point at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I find that that really does, if you approach in the broadest strokes, a story on genre first, it is. It, it does usually end up offering a way into telling that story, and because it's genre, you can do genre mixing. And so, when you mix those genres, oftentimes the result is something a little bit more original than just telling up a straight up Avengers story, right? Where we have right. super bad guy, they have to defeat, close the book, go home. It gives it a right. little bit of uh, of originality to it when we kind of genre bend, and I think. There is a limit to that as far as we're seeing that more and more often, not just in cinema, but in comics itself with their genre bending. And I wonder if that exercise is going to get too out there where people are trying to make pickles and chocolate ice cream fit together. You we've, know? we've mixed too many things together. Yeah. yeah. Point. But for, for, for as far as for pitching, it's it's a great approach to it and it's it's something that i usually when we start this off i I usually try to think of okay here's the team that has its own identity we know what an avengers story looks like what if i throw some um uh preteen spooky uh adventure story on it right i you know i think for i think it's the same thing for i think it comes down to for me being the idea of well i it would be I think sometimes you go like, okay, Galactus shows up. He wants to eat the planet. I got to fight him. Right. Like this time he's light purple. Right. (laughs) Like, or, and, or we just go like, well, the Kree have infiltrated or like the scroll have infiltrated X, Y, Z. Right. Like we just read Kree scroll war where um, we could have taken that, you know, five steps further. Right. And we could have said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take that, but go bigger. Kang right? the Conqueror has come back through time yet again. Hmm. Right. Uh, this and time so for, he's got a dinosaur. Fantastic. Yeah, right. And there's nothing wrong with a yeah. comic book 
tail like that because sometimes you just want that that bubble gum. Um, but for me, it came down to well, I want to. What toys do I want to play with? Like I said at the beginning, what what toys do I want to play with? And what kind of a story do I want to tell? Because I think you're right. If you pick your story, there there is a four or five characters already created that'll fit that story. Especially when right? we're dealing with essentially with the the Justice League and Avengers, you pretty much have the entire DC universe and the Marvel universe to choose from. Right, right. Like, you know, you could have... Like you said, like you said, right, yeah. Yeah, like dump your toy box out and go, okay, um, what's the kind of story I want to tell? Do I want to tell a Western? Okay, well then... Um, I'm going to need Jonah Hex in the DC universe and the Marvel universe. uh, I'm going to throw Wolverines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. Wolverine will be my wild West guy. Or you could even do, uh, I think you could take um, uh, ghost rider. Right. And and make him your wild West counterpart. Right. There probably is a cow. There's like, there's six gun gun kid or whatever his name is. Right. Like you could tell your story that way. You could say, oh, I want an outer space story. I'm going to go Green Lantern. That's going to be the basis of my outer space story. I'm going to throw some Guardians of the Galaxy. That's going to, like, you have these these pieces already. Um, legal drama, right? Like, I, I wanted to do that. Okay, well, I've got two lawyers I can pick from I right away. Foggy. I could do Matt Murdock. I could do right? uh, She-Hulk. You know, I could do she Like, you've got that sort of thing that you can tap into automatically, and I think that's the, that's the, that's the fun in this is as long as I would hate to be given the Avengers book and have them go, it has to have Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. Yeah. I would be like, really? Does it have to? Yeah. But and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to tell that story. But like, at the same time, I do see that when you buy an Avengers book, there is, if it's not, a, if you don't tell them a good story and it's genre based, I think that audience will turn on you real quick. Uh, oh for sure run. yeah well that's for me like i don't think i could do it would in my brain i'm like i don't know how you write two years worth of avengers stories right yeah i don't know how you write 24 issues or if we're double shipping in a month i have no idea how you write a like 40 issues of something right and consistently go back to the well of because then you're just telling long drawn out stories about you know, Iron Man versus Captain America with Captain Marvel in there, right? Like you're just telling this, this tale and everything has to be an event. Right. And for me, I don't want an event. I just want to play with these characters for as many issues as it takes. Yeah. And then give someone else the toy box and let them tell the story they want to tell with the characters they want to tell it with. Right. Like that sort of remember Batman, Batman, Brave and the Bold. Um, that, that the, the comic book used to be like, who's Batman paired with this week for this, or these couple issues for this wacky story. For me, that's what I'd want to do, right? Like those Marvel two in one books or like that, that would be the fun for me would be like, Oh, just give me five issues to tell this story. They used to, maybe they still do. I don't go into the comic book store enough to see like, oh, what are these limited run series? But in like the 90s, they used to be like Gambit. Here's six issues and we're just calling the book Gambit. And it's only six issues, right? Or yeah. Dazzler. Here's a six issue Dazzler arc. Oh, give me a Dazzler story. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to pitch an X-Men book? I think we got to pitch an we X-Men gotta pitch book. We got to pitch an X-Men book at some point. Yeah. 
Things yeah, we, we need to do. We didn't use any X. None of us used any X Men in this. Because I did. I figured if I used X Men, it would be an X Men book, and I was yeah. trying to make it an Avengers book and not an X Men book. Yeah. And then I don't think many of the X Men have ever truly been Avengers. Yeah, you got Beast. You got Wolverine. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only ones I could think of off the top of my head. But I would, I think, I think pitching an X book has got to be on the agenda at some point. Maybe that's how we book. That's maybe that's how we end our marvelous summer. Oh, is pitching definitely going to be on the beach playing volleyball. <laughs> mine are going to be, it's going to be like an intense chess scene, <laughs> like shirts off in Avengers, shirts off in uh, Professor X's mansion, just sweating. <laughs> yeah, danger playing room chess. chess. Oh, danger room chess! Oh. You just wrote. That's you great. Just and you wrote. have to move where the person like it moves you, and the Wolverine's like, "Ah, crap! Who's playing me?" And he's got to face another person in that that square. Love it. You just wrote my story for me. <laughs> Done. All right. Well. <laughs> all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can find all of our episodes on the website www.comicexposure.com. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and whatever podcast app you're using. We're probably there. Uh, if you give us a follow on uh, on Spotify, that would be rad. Uh, or give us a lovely review as well on iTunes. We will take all of the stars you're willing to give, yeah. as long as it's not less than like three. Don't give us that two or one star review. Just write us an email and tell us we suck. Um, But uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Comic Exposure uh, and Facebook.com slash Comic Exposure as well. Next up, Travis, what are we reading next? Well, we got the Marvelous Summer. We are now two episodes into our Marvelous Summer, kicking it off with the Avengers Kree Scroll Waller last week. In this week with our Variant Avengers Pitch Club, we still have on deck, we have Wolverine, that Claremont run from the 80s that we're doing. We have Spider-Man. We have a little Todd McFarlane on Spider-Man. We've got Blade the Vampire Hunter all coming at you. I can't exactly tell you the exact order because we might switch it up here in a little bit because I know we have some guests coming on for some of those episodes. Episodes, so we want to make sure we respect their time and line up with their schedule. But those are the uh, uh, the characters we'll be looking at. Um, yes, I would I, say if you go, what's that Claremont run? Uh, the, it's Claremont and Miller. Miller. So yeah. it's like the Claremont Miller. It's four issues of Wolverine. I can't remember what it's called, but he goes to Japan. Yeah. So it literally is uh, Wolverine, Claremont, Miller. If you search for that, you'll you'll find it. Uh, the Spider Man um, one is Spider Man Mask M A S Q U E. Yeah. So Mask, it is a uh, it's a little hobgoblin action. It's a he's little. A, it's not a little hobgoblin in this. It's a he's lot a, of. He's it's a, a big a, monstrous spawn like hobgoblin. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a good amount of hob with your gob. Yeah. <laughs> More hob. And Less. then we're reading that Blade one. Do you remember the, the title of that Blade one? I haven't started uh, that one yet. It is essentially like the first volume that you can get of Blade. Uh, it is the issues when he was in Dracula, uh, the Dracula comic, and then also uh, his first couple so or couple issues when he was in a different book. So um, you can find that one on there as well. It's like one of the first earliest runs. It's his first appearance as Blade. So um, I'm going to be saying that we're going to be doing Spider-Man Mask next. I believe that would be our next book as well. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about Liefeld and Todd McFarlane with we have you. Yet to to read a Todd McFarlane or Liefeld book in all of our episodes of Comic Exposure. Which is how crazy. is that possible? 
How is that possible? We- we'll discuss that at the beginning of next episode. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next trade. <laughs>